I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want to learn more from me, please check out my website, MikeRinald.com. In addition to all my great articles, videos, and podcast episodes, I have a ton of online CEU courses, as well as my inner circle online mentorship and community. Be sure to subscribe to my free newsletter where I'm always sending you great info and exclusive perks and discounts. Just head to MikeRinald.com to get started. Thanks so much. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about dry needling, when is the best time to open your own PT clinic, and dual degrees in our profession. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reinald Show. We are here at Champion PT Performance with everybody. We got Lenny Macrina. We have Dave Tilly, our physical therapist here at Champion. Our students here, we have Evan Eleven from Sac State and Jake and Bake from the University of Kentucky uh, here to ask us some fine questions. So um, what do you think? Should we get into it or...? Anybody got anything going on today? Anybody let's do? wait a little. Yeah, any, <laughs> no, any let's, relevant let's do news? It. Let's get right into it. Let's get let's get into it. Who's reading today? Jake and Bake. Let's do it, man. First question. Mike from Springfield asks, I know you're certified in dry needling, and this seems to be a hot and up- upcoming topic. Can you guys talk about the benefits that you see personally? And as and as a new grad, is it worth looking into for continuing ed or certification? Dry needling. Controversial. Big question. Social media controversy. My God. What's the controversy? Efficacy, yeah. research, if it, I, works, I, if it works, what it's doing, acupuncture, you know. I firmly believe nobody really knows the biomechanical. Biomechanical? Biomechanical. You're on to something. Biomechanical? I love that. It sounds fun. This blog post, biomechanical uh, approach. Biomechanical. That's a new sandwich at McDonald's. Can we, I think you're going to do neurobiomechanical. Neurobiomechanical. <laughs> we can make That's a whole system of things. Right. Best episode ever. Okay. <laughs> Neurobiomechanical. <laughs> Biomechanical. <laughs> All right. What was the question? But going back, I mean, right, we, we, the three of us use it. I, I know I did Kineticore. There's Dr. Ma. Um, you know, pick one that you're comfortable with. Pick one that people have recommended. We use it, I wouldn't say daily. We use it frequently. Um, we use it for people. A lot of people want it. They've asked, they ask for it. Um, not, that doesn't mean that's why we use it. But I think, I think with people of certain uh, presentations, soft tissue tightness, whether or not you can palpate a trigger point, controversial, I know that's fine. But if you point on some, a specific muscle and it hurts on somebody and I put a needle in it and they say, oh, that hurts, but it feels good, and the next day they text you and say, I've never felt this good, then I have to go with it. I'm just going by patient response to the research. We'll catch up to it. We'll see in the next five years or so. But I think we just got to go with anecdotal right now and see the early research that's showing both positive and negative. They've been doing acupuncture for thousands of years with success apparently in the Far East. So um, the fact that PTs are taking it on, uh, it's a different concept of acupuncture, but I think we need to roll with it because patients and clients are responding positively to I, it. I think we should clarify too, dry needling is completely different from acupuncture. Different. I think we have to. Different concept, yes. It's a different concept of what we're doing. And, and for me, when I palpate uh, an area that seems tight to me and is tender for the patient uh, and, and, and we use a needle to stimulate that point and they get a nice little twitch in that area, they have immediate relief. 
the sensation is immediately better and that lasts. It doesn't, it's not transient and comes back in 15 minutes. It lasts. Because we're also assessing their movement and educating them on how to fix that movement, doing exercise appropriate to enhance their movement, not just a needling go. And when we're explaining why the needling works, we are certainly not saying it does this, this, and this. We're pretty open with people and say, it may be a little sore, but you're going to probably feel good relief with it. I don't want to bias people. You just you, know, you may be a little sore with it and just see how you feel. I usually tell people that, and I don't necessarily know why exactly it's working. Yeah, no, but I just know people yeah. But people respond, typically respond positively and let me know how you feel tonight, tomorrow. Right. You we, know? we definitely don't tell them. We don't give them a fake approach. We don't, give them, we don't tell them. No. T- we, we say we don't know exactly why yeah. it works, but we, we've had people that really like it. So, um, you know, I, that's where we're at, I think, with dry needling. I don't think the science is there just yet. There's, there's some very mild science that's out there that shows some stuff like K-series and stuff like that. It's, it's really not uh, it's out there yet. But if you, if, if you take some of the courses out there, you read some of the books, um, I think uh, uh, Jan Domerhalt, I think, is either just published one. He's the Myopain Seminars uh, um, kind of founder. Um, Dr. Ma's research I is think, really good. Yeah, Dr. Ma, I think, just had a new uh, revision of his of his textbook as well. You can check out for sources. They certainly do their best to try to apply the scientific efficacy behind it, if you're interested in that. Um, for us, clinically, the way we're using it is just a very small piece of our puzzle, I'd say. It th- certainly doesn't replace anything. It's just something we do as part of our manual therapy with certain people. And there are certain areas that I've particularly found that uh, are super helpful. I think upper traps are super helpful. I think low back is super helpful. I think the calf is uh, super helpful uh, for people that are having issues. So if you come in with you know a nice upper trap issue, which I have so many people that do, um, that's something we, t- we tend to do because we've had success with it. There's other areas that I've been much less successful, just like in generic muscles, you know, just for no reason, you know, or whatever. For I guess that's a bad a bad reason, but just generic areas, I think I've been less successful. So biomechanical reasons. Yeah, for biomechanical reasons. But I'm just going to skip this question and go to the next one. Yeah. Well, well, so Dave, I mean, you, you we're we're all certified to do dry needling, right? Yeah. Like so, like, um, I, let me ask you guys: Has it changed your practice in any way? Are you? I will definitely it, say there are times when I. Things other manual therapies haven't done a great job of getting them kind of over the hump, so to speak, and that did help out quite a bit. I don't know why. I mean, the point I was trying to make is that like we don't know. You look at the biochemical studies about the cell and stuff. It's like we have some good theories, but no one really knows what's going on and why it works or what happens. So, like I said, if it, it has helped people before, and like Lenny said, if they feel better and it's part of your whole treatment, then you know it can really take five minutes real quick and. Go a long way. Yeah, that makes sense. What what about student wise? What are they uh, teaching you guys about dry needling right now? So in California, we can't dry needle under the PC mm. Practice Act in California, so we didn't even really get exposed mm. to it. Okay, all right. So, so not Kentucky, yeah. we can. Yeah, we have Kentucky, you can anything. Blow Kidding, Kentucky. So so you it was included in your class? Yes, it was. We have a, a small lab and a class, and kind of similar to you guys saying they kind of say the same thing. Does. So a lot, like, did they teach you how to do it? Yes. Wow. So yeah, sweet. Basically, though, I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. into an orange or like we doing like uh, plasmids. Really? Yeah. Nice. Lab rats. That's interesting. All right. Well, I mean, hey, that's a good. That's an interesting step. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I there's a lot of things we've started and uh, thrown away. Right. We mm-hmm. started, didn't get good outcomes, and haven't done it. That's one of those things that we've continued to do. And I will say, I mean, I've worked with you know 
uh, people, you know, Japanese people from like from Japan that don't speak English, and and they loved it, and they've had acupuncture their whole life, and they love dry needling, and some have even liked it more than acupuncture if you use it correctly. So again, that's somebody with experience with acupuncture. That's part of their culture, and they 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 liked what we did with with a trigger point or a tight muscle with the dry needling. So again, that shows me. It shows me that it's got some promise. I just don't know. I, you know, we'll learn over the years, I'm sure. But what we're getting there, yeah. right? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, Jake and Bake. What's Question next? To Robin from Zurich, ask when do you think would be a good time to open your own clinic? What set of skills, knowledge, connections, etc., would you need before you think someone is ready to take a step? Is this like uh, the stock market? The best time is today <laughs> to, to open a clinic. Copy DM. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, that's interesting. When do you think? What do you think, Len? What's the best time to open a clinic? I don't know if there's a straight answer. I would say um, having um, obviously the experience as a PT to be able to get people better on your own and have a good understanding of of people and the rehab process, and then the business side and putting yourself in a position where you're understanding the business side. Um, marketing and all that stuff, and then having that base of clients that will want to come to you. Well, are you in an area that you've been in for four, five, six, ten years, and you have a base of people that say, you know what, I just want to work with you, and they ask for you specifically, um, and then they will come to you. They're not coming to the business. They're coming to you. Uh, so if you do open your own facility, it's you're marketing your, your system. They were marketing your programs uh, specifically for what you've provided previously to, to that base of clients. So uh, there's not a straight answer, but I would say you probably need four or five years easily. I mean, I, I mean, I have not opened a clinic, so I don't know, but I would say it's really dependent on what you want to do with your career at that moment. If you really want to be with clients and you want to be able to read a lot of research and con ed and stuff and not worry about, like I personally enjoy coming here and kind of just doing what I'm doing now with rehab and developing my skills and stuff. I don't want to have to worry about taxes of the business and you know all that mm. stuff so if your goal is to just be a clinician and be awesome at that you're going to take away a lot yeah. of your time by running, yeah. uh, running and there are the people that stuff. do it more power to you i don't know how you did it um I, I was it was daunting to me to be a pt for the first couple of years just trying to figure everything right. out right. i can't imagine trying to run a business at the same time so if you do it great good good for you but it it's it's certainly was not for me and it's still a challenge you know 13 14 years into my career to make people happy you know just your your uh your associates your clients your anybody that's referring to you uh docs i mean it's it's daunting to to get everything right so it's a daily challenge i can't imagine trying to figure out pt at the same time yeah so it sounds like step one is become a great therapist first right and then if you're entrepreneurial in spirit right then i think this this probably comes easy to you that type of thing uh, which I'd say I am like I kind of I welcome the challenge and like some of the aspects of that. Um, but you know I think you got to have the right team around you and the right you know in the right mindset for that. And if you're struggling and wondering if you're still developing as a therapist, that's probably not the right time. Yeah. Um, so most people I would say aren't prepared, probably even financially at the beginning to to do something like this because you're going to go into some debt with opening a clinic and probably not making as much money as you want at the beginning. So you know you got to realize that too. So you have to be you have to be prepared for those little things so um i don't I, you know i don't i don't know i mean i definitely recommend you do it i think everybody should do it um i just i i think you got to put yourself in the best position to succeed but as lenny knows i am quite the conservative business person i am 
not one to take huge risks. I'm very conservative with how we run things here at Champion and even like our budget and how we've projected things down the road in, in terms of a business aspect um, because failure is not an option, right? Like you have to be conservative, you know. So for me, I, 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 would, I, would, I would make sure you have all your ducks in a row first. And there's courses like the private practice, private practice section of the APTA has a nice like starting your own clinic course. You know, go to that, make sure you kind of understand what goes behind it and see if you're ready. See if you're ready for all the other things. Right? Make sense? Nice. Jake and Bake, what else? What's last our question. last one? Eddie from New York. What do you think about getting a DPT then also becoming a COTA? This would increase salary because you can bring in more money to the company. So you're, he's a PT right now? No, he says getting a DPT. Getting a DPT, DPT and then, then going in, becoming an occupational therapy assistant, assistant, which is what a CODA is. Um, those are like two different jobs. Mm. That's like becoming an accountant. I think. Yeah, I, I, that seems a little overkill to me. I think uh, if you're not a PT, but you're thinking about DPT, great. You can also just become a COTA, a CODA. Um, right. But I think you need to figure out what's best for you. But I think you're gonna you're trying to do a little too much. You're biting yeah. off a little bit more than you can chew. For, at least for me, I, I think I'd want to just focus on one and get good at that, and then figure out the other thing potentially. But yeah, it, it just. Two different worlds. It's it's two different it's two different jobs. It's literally yeah. like being an accountant and a lawyer. It's like, I don't, it's I don't even know the job. legality of. I guess you'd have to work under an occupational therapist as a DPT to be able to do OT stuff. It, it's a, it's actually okay. That's a bad example. That's that's not. That's like being a. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. That's, it, no. <laughs> yeah, I would say focus on one. You're really good DPT. Um, just know DPTs probably make more money than occupational well, therapy assistance. That's going to be you know, your debt, your part, your personal debt that's going to occur, and just everything else that's going to. You're not going to make more money because you're not, and your company's not going to make money. What you said because you can't be both a PT and a occupational therapy assistant simultaneously. Those are two different things. Right? I've seen PTs and OTs like you. A PT slash OT, I've seen that. But again, that does nothing to your bottom line or right. the company's bottom right. line because you're, you can't be treating one person as a PT and one person as an OT simultaneously. That's the only reason why you would make more money. Right. So unless you just want to work more hours, if you want to work 16 right. hours a day and be a PT for eight hours and a CODA for eight hours, but otherwise it's um, I, I, very non-compatible mm -hmm. ones. Now for PTs, there's things like you know the strength and conditioning world, personal trainers, uh, exercise science even, like stuff like that that are super, super compatible and will make you a better physical therapist. But I, I'm not sure that a CODA is the way to go. Right? So, you guys have any other, you guys agree as students? Yeah, I completely agree. Those, yeah, they completely don't go together. School's not cheap. <laughs> Boom. Well said, Jake and Bake. School's not cheap. Students crushing right. into that one. So, yeah, if you're, if you're not going to have a, a very obvious return on your investment of that education, then you yeah. probably don't. So, Awesome. Is that three? Three. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks so much, guys, again. Appreciate another great episode. Uh, keep asking away. Go to MikeRinald.com and click on the podcast link and ask us some questions. Um, just submit anything on business, on baseball, on rehab, fitness, strength and conditioning, whatever it is. We want to get some diverse uh, amount of questions here for us. We want to answer them all. So do that. Subscribe to us on uh, iTunes. Leave us a nice little review, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReno.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.